Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. I want to talk today about one of the most difficult things I think we find in the scripture, especially in the Psalms. Yeah? I want to talk about the fact that David says, God, judge these people. <laughs> We, we have a word for that. Yeah. It's called imprecations or mm-hmm. imprecatory psalms. Imprecatory psalms. It's a toughie. You Tough want to word. talk about that one? Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. Psalm 7. Today I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. A Shigion of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. This imprecation's for you, Cush. <laughs> o Lord my God, in you I have taken refuge. Save me from all those who pursue me and deliver me. Or he will tear my soul like a lion, dragging me away while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is injustice in my hands, if I have rewarded evil to my friend, or have plundered him who without cause was my adversary, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it, and let him trample my life down to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift up yourself against the rage of my adversaries and arouse yourself for me. You have appointed judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples encompass you and over them return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. For the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. If a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for himself deadly weapons. He makes arrows, fiery shafts. Behold, he travails with wickedness and he conceives mischief brings, excuse me, let me start back with verse 14. Behold, he travails with wickedness and he conceives mischief and brings forth falsehood. He has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole which he made. His mischief will return upon his own head and his violence will descend upon his own pate. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Got a little tongue there myself because of some of the differences between the New American Standard and the ESV. I was I was kind of reading it. There was a lot of similarities and expecting something similar, and it came out different. But uh, anyway, it's, that that's, different. it's it's good to read from these different translations, I think. I really enjoy that, and it's one of the reasons why I wish we had video in here so people could see the big stack of Bibles that you always have <laughs> next to you. It's like, well, this guy, he is serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple of things as we're starting here. I know we're going to talk about... Uh, imprecation, which is certainly a, a 25 cent word. Um, but as you were reading this time, I guess one of the things that jumped out to me was the emphasis placed upon the lion in verse 2, talking about this um, evil one. I guess Cush, this one's for you, Cush. But lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is none to deliver. And uh, I, I realized that David knew well about the lion. What a dangerous animal it is. And yet I also recall that the lion was particularly one that David slew, that he killed in defense of his father's sheep. He would make his case to King Saul saying that he had killed the lion, he had killed the bear, and that this, that, you know, the, the Philistine giant would be no different than these. God was with him. 
And so um, to draw, I guess, that imagery or that danger, a lion is something that David has vanquished. And yet, unlike a lion, uh, here he is calling God to intervene and to vanquish this enemy, lest he treat him like a lion. Well, uh, it, it's you said unlike on that one, and I think actually when he was talking to Saul, he said he knew the reason he vanquished the lion was because of God. Yeah, which, which that's I think right. Is, which I think is probably one of the reasons in these moments he turns to God. You've delivered me from lions before. Mm-hmm, Deliver mm-hmm. me from lions now. What's interesting, and and. I, I appreciate you bringing up this comparison because that actually leads into this issue of imprecatory psalms. And again, that's um, that that's the word that we use for these psalms that call down judgment upon enemies. And, and it's odd for us as Christians because, of course, we know that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says we're supposed to pray for those who persecute us. And, and in that context, it sure didn't seem like pray for them that judgment would happen. It's rather pray for them that they would repent, pray for them that they would be restored. And so we go back to some of these psalms and we find these prayers for judgment. And this is actually a pretty tame one. Yes. We we find some other ones, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to go ahead and talk about it here, because it is tame. We find some others that are very intense, calling down some pretty brutal judgment, uh, especially when the imprecations are toward the Babylonians. We we find that later. Yeah, and so, so we may get there in, in, a, in a future season of text talk. But, uh, but you know, even this one, Edwin, is, is pretty scary. Mm. When he talks about the Lord sharpening his sword— the Lord pulling back his bow, the Lord setting his arrows on fire, um, which I, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this today or maybe tomorrow, but I, I guess there's no time like the present. Go for it. When I think about the fiery arrows, my mind always goes to Ephesians 6, mm. and that's the way the devil fights. You know, he, he lights his arrows. He's got his fiery arrows and missiles. You need this shield of faith to quench those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a deadly, dangerous weapon. And yet here, that's the weapon in the hands of God. David would have it aimed towards the wicked. So you're right. It's tame compared to some of the descriptions of other imprecations or calling down curses, calling down judgments, but still pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. So the, the this issue about the lion that you brought up, though, I, I think one of the things that is unlike the lion is that when the lion came at the sheep, David attacked the lion. He attacked the lion with his faith in God. And probably like grabbed his chin too, right? Well, that's what he says. It was something else. (laughs) That is what he says. Yeah, yeah. However, David does not attack Cush. That's right. There's there's no indication that David himself takes this vengeance on Cush, but rather leaves the vengeance the Lord writes a song about him. Yes, this is this is gonna be this this one's for you, Cush. This one's for you, Cush. Um but I want to tie this back into what we said. I don't remember if it was yesterday or Monday, but when we talked about these snapshots of emotion, yeah, yeah, let's just let's just face it. There are things that people do to us that we we are angered. Yes, and we have these emotions that that well up. That what did David do with that emotion? He took it to the Lord in a song. He took it to the Lord in a prayer. He he did not take it to Cush with his sword. Right. Right. He did not set his own fiery arrow and fire it at Cush. Mm-hmm. I think 
especially if we do place this at the time of Saul chasing David and those who would have been among the Benjamites and Saul's counselors who were saying these things about David. Um, You know, I, I think during that time, David is truly above board. He has one time where he almost, almost takes his own vengeance, and that's with Nabal. Right. But Abigail speaks wisdom to him, goes out to meet him, calms him down, and he gives her great thanks and great praise. And she basically says to him, don't do this, because when all this is said and done and you get to be king, as we all know you're going to be, you want to be able to look back and say you didn't take your own vengeance. Yeah, that's right. And David thanks her. And, of course, when God does take vengeance on Nabal, Mm -hmm. David then ends up marrying Abigail and has this reminder But what we find, again, is this snapshot of the emotion. Mm -hmm. What does he do with it? Mm -hmm. He takes it to the Lord. He takes it in a psalm. He takes it in a prayer. He doesn't take it to his battle with this fellow. Yeah. So I go and I read uh, again about uh, verse 12 or 11 and 12. Um, To talk about God and God coming to his aid, it is an imprecation. He's calling upon God to act and particularly to judge. But I want to notice in verse 11, God is a just judge. God is angry with the wicked every day. That's what the New King James says. Mm -hmm. And I think the New American Standard said a little different. But um, angry with the wicked every day. Uh, When I write my list of attributes of God, I guess sometimes I don't put... Wicked, uh, excuse me, angry on there, you know, mm-hmm. or angry with the wicked. But that that is something that God, what what would be the word, dealing with, exists with, the absolute holiness that cannot avoid the witnessing and the knowledge of injustice and sin and evil, and it angers him. I think because we know of the grace of God that has been poured out on us, by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. we can lose sight of how awful sin is. Yeah, yeah. We, we, and it's a great thing for us. It's a great thing for us. We have had our sins forgiven, but we lose sight of the fact of how our sins were forgiven. And our sins were forgiven at an awful horrendous cost. This is how bad our sins are. Mm -hmm. Our sins are so bad that the only thing that could pay for it was the sacrifice of Jesus, God the Son in the flesh. It it was not, hey, let me, you know what, let me give you, uh, let me just discipline you a little bit. I'm going to give you a spanking and that'll pay for it. It wasn't, let me put you in time out, that'll pay for it. It wasn't even, hey, you know what, let me remove your hand, that'll pay for it. And it's not even I'm going to have to execute you. That'll pay for it. The only thing that would pay for our sins because of how awful and terrible they are was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And God taking that wrath that I deserve Mm -hmm. and pouring it out on Jesus. A lot of folks today don't like to even think of it like that. But we have to understand how truly awful sin is. And I think that's the other thing we learn from imprecations, Mm -hmm. that that here were people that understood how truly awful sin was. Sin deserves judgment. Mm -hmm. And what it should make us think about is, aren't we glad God was willing to judge Jesus on the cross, putting him through the righteous requirement of the law? 
sin equals death. Mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. He died yeah. when I should have. He experienced the wrath and the judgment when I should have. What a, what a powerful thing that is for us. And, and we've got to remember how truly awful these sins really are. I wonder if in moments like this where we know we are innocent— and yet being attacked, being sinned against, we have in a small way a sense of that anger, that righteous indignation that God feels every day. Because mm. ultimately all sin is against God and against his holiness, and it's unprovoked because he's only been a benevolent, loving father and good. That's who he is. And yet attacked and marred and maligned and, uh, you know, um, disrespected um, by his creation and by his children gone astray and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I guess I'm just, I'm kind of teasing out of my own mind uh, what you were talking about, just seeing the ugliness of sin. It really does require judgment. Going back to one other thing that you highlighted earlier is the passage where he says that you're a righteous judge, verse 11, yeah. feeling indignation every day. So the first half of that is you're a righteous judge. You mm-hmm. do what's mm-hmm. right. You judge rightly, which I think is important in this kind of psalm, in the imprecatory psalm, because what the imprecatory psalm is, here's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Here's what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it to you because I know you'll do what's right. You'll do the right and, thing. And it leaves that open door that maybe this thing that I'm wanting is not the right thing. So I'm not going to go exercise it myself. I'm bringing it to you. So I, I only pray these for those that I, these kinds of prayers, for those that I am absolutely certain are your enemies. But the reason I limit my reaction to this kind of prayer is because I leave vengeance up to you because you're the one that knows how to do that. You're the one that does it right, God, yeah. not me. It's it's the recourse of the humble. Uh, we can't stand in the place of God. Well, I tell you what, this has been a great conversation, and we'd love to know what you're learning, what you're reading, uh, as you're going through the text, the Word of God with us. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, for ourselves, for all that are uh, listening, uh, we pray, Father, that you might grant us patience as we think about our relationships and whether these are people close to us or perhaps we have some broken relationships. Maybe we're even in a place today where where we, like David, uh, are being sinned against and put upon. Father, we, we want to trust you and entrust these things to you, casting our cares upon you because we know that you care for us. Father, give us strength, wisdom, and patience that we might walk in your way. And thank you for Jesus Christ, who died, Father, paying the judgment of sin that we might have forgiveness and eternal life in him with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.